This episode of the Campfire Conversationalist Podcast. The title is called Literally the Campside Conversationalist <laughs> Podcast. Because we are literally by the campfire. And John and I decided that we were going to meet up for that Paulding Lights. And we did. So I, I am really happy we did too for so many reasons. I mean, we, um, what did we do first? When we first got here, we went up, we got something to eat at that one restaurant. Yeah, a little bar and grill in Lando Lakes. Yeah, and the burger was called it was, Brew Pub, is that what it was? Brew Pub? Yeah, it was, it was an okay burger. I think it was just the, the way the cheese was on there. The burger itself was fine, but it was like cottage cheese and something didn't match like right you know but it was still good I still couldn't finish it we and both got the sweet potato fries which were fantastic those were fantastic um I got a Reuben yeah um and then I also I had them bring out some horseradish to add on to it because I like horseradish on my Reuben it makes it perfect what did we do after that we uh didn't we oh we came back here and set up yeah, we set up our camp. We were both pretty hungry, so we got food first. Yeah. And I gotta say, like, this campground is, like, seriously rustic. Yeah, it's about four or five miles into the... Well, I don't know. How many miles do you think it is uh, from 45, like, all dirt road? Like, about three miles of dirt road driving? Yeah, at least? probably. About three miles. Okay, so about three miles of... of dirt road driving yeah. at least and there's like only three campsites someone was in the middle one and we're on one of the ones on the end so there's like really nobody here um, it's right it, now it's it, like three in the morning yeah it's actually like a really really cool campsite but the bugs are like insane 
Yeah. Insane. I don't recommend this place because they're so insane. <laughs> like, literally, they're like flying giant bat-sized bugs. Just... <laughs> well, the, bu- the plus side is they don't really bite. No. I don't have any bug bites on me that I'm aware of. No. But they do buzz your face and, like, they kept going, like, on my eyelid and in my eye. Like, they were, like, multiple times they would just, like, try to fly into my eyes. Yeah, but likewise, we're also wearing, like, 45 coats of bug spray. Yeah. Just, like, caked on us. I I'm probably can take a knife and scrape it off me right now. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why they just, they're not going to mess with us this late, you know. Last night was uh, pretty chilly. It was like in the 50s. During the day, it was in the 80s. Yeah. So the weather has been really nice, really clear, low humidity. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do we go to first? I'm trying to think where we went to. Today? No, after we got done setting up yesterday. Did we go out again? Oh, we went to Paulding. The lights. But before that. I didn't think we went anywhere. Because we didn't actually go into Paulding town. No. Until today. That night we yeah. came here, we set up, and then we went over to view the Paulding lights. And we stayed there for a couple hours. Yeah. So why don't we talk about that? Let's talk so about So I brought my P900, my Nikon P900. Yeah. And I was able to snap a few photos. I tried getting video. It did not turn out well at all. Well, and as we said in the past, you know, podcast, we heard all the legends of the light appearing. Um, when we were over there, there were so many people that came and literally just camped out on top of their cars. They brought blankets. They literally just came and sat on top of their cars. Like, this is their drive-in movie. Yeah. Was coming and watching this light. And we met this we met this old couple. They weren't really old, but we met this couple and they had like their kids or I don't know who they were there. But they they were telling us like all kinds of myths and legends and the number one reason why everyone goes and sits on their car there is because to them the stories that they tell like carry on. So one of the stories that we heard was that the light, which is to us, it was super far away. It was just like basically on the horizon popping up. But the people that we were talking to, they swear that that light would come closer and closer and closer all the way within like a hundred feet of them. And it would change like all different colors, like blues and greens and reds. And all we saw was the red and the white. That's all we saw. And it was always off in the horizon. And they told us the legend that there was, what, what was he? Like a, train? a brakeman. Oh, a brakeman for the train. And he was like partially deaf, partially like blind. Mm-hmm. And so he would put his head on... <clears throat> he was half the man that Helen Keller was. <laughs> <laughs> so you would put his head... <laughs> Am I lying? No. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> okay. He would put his head on the train tracks 
to hear the vibrations and the sounds of the train, and he didn't realize, because he was so deaf, that the train was closer than it was, and it decapitated him. And it put out, like, his body got separated from his head, and that's where the ghost came from, because the ghost was always looking for his head. That's what the legend was. And he's holding the lantern, looking for his head. When we... Oh, you forgot. Did you say the part that they found his body, but they never found his Oh, yeah, yeah. They okay, found... yeah. I, I couldn't remember. I, I was paying attention, but I... They found I his body, but they couldn't... So, apparently, they found his body, but they never found his head. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't verify if this is true. We haven't looked it up. There's almost no cell phone service here. It's very, very spotty. So, we haven't really been able to research that, but apparently, that's what had happened, is... That's they the found legend. the body, but no head. That's a legend. This is going to be a totally raw, unedited podcast. You your I don't know where it's at. No idea. Oh, it's right here. Okay. So, we, we got there. <coughs> excuse me. We got there at uh, the Paulding Light, which ended up being not that far from where our campsite was. Like, I knew it was going to be close. I planned it that way, but I didn't realize it was, like, literally off the same dirt road yeah. as that we as I, we had to come into to get to our campsite. I, like, that was totally unplanned. Um, so we get there. Dude, it must have been an hour and a half or so before it got dark, maybe longer. I forgot what time because it's weird. Like, so we're in Michigan, and we're really far north, obviously. But Central Time and Eastern Time are literally right on... This is, like, the border. So when you do a cell phone service, sometimes it'll say, like, Eastern Time. And then if you go, like, even a mile the other direction, it'll switch over to Central Time, which is an hour behind. So, like, even though, like, it was, like... 10.30 at night, it wasn't even dark yet, not joking, and that was Eastern time, I believe, Yeah. so for Central, that would be 9.30, which is typically when it gets, you know, dark, I live about two and a half hours south of here, so that, um, that's about when it gets dark this time of year, um, but yeah, it was, because we were, the, our clocks were in the Eastern time zone, it was like almost 11, after 11, before it was like totally dark, yeah. and we, you know, like, the sun had gone so far away that, you know, there wasn't, like, you know, that red crescent on the horizon. Not crescent, but the red, you know, the red light on the horizon. We, like, literally had to wait for that to completely go dark before you could really get any good pictures. Or, I mean, you could see the light before that, but if you try to get pictures, the the red light from the sun, you know, having already set, but it's still that amount of light out would um, make it really difficult to get any pictures. So we were there for quite a while. So, I mean, I think the the entire time we were there, like John said, it was probably two hours or maybe a little longer. And there had probably been 20 people, 15, 20 people that had come and gone in that time. Plus whoever was there after us. Yeah. And it wasn't all, <laughs> some of them were young people. Yeah. Like there was a, a young, young couple there from Green Bay. Like they had to been in their eh, maybe mid to late 20s. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. They were pretty young. They did say that it used to be a lot more popular, that, like, there used to be, like, 60 or 70 people all the time, like, every night. Wow. I mean, 
<laughs> I just can't even imagine that, you know. But me and Matt, the we're we're both not trying to be negative about it. We're not trying to say definitively that this is what it is, but we kind of came to the the understanding that what the college students seen was what we seen, which was... And it pains me with everything to admit that. Yeah. But it, it does seem like it's probably headlights and sometimes taillights. Yeah. Going I, although, I don't know. I feel like the taillights aren't really going to be bright enough because we. I, I went on Google Earth and I figured out about where the cars would have to be to where you would see them because we actually drove down to try to figure it out. And it's over six miles away. Yeah. Now, headlights, I know you could probably see six miles away. I don't if know if they're they really bright taillights, though. Taillights, maybe. I, I, I kind of have... Like if it was a newer car? If it's a newer car, maybe. An older car, and I don't think you could see taillights from an older it, car from six miles away. We didn't see it with every light. No. It, it was... It's like every now and then yeah. it would turn red. So it would come... The light would kind of come on and it would flicker... Flicker and flicker. Maybe and flicker. like maybe a minute. Yeah. And then it would go away, and then it would happen again. Um, we got some still pictures, but it was really hard to take with the yeah. amount of light in the, in the horizon. So we we kind of stopped trying to take pictures, and by then there were so many people. And we were getting yeah. swarmed by bugs. Oh, we were getting eat yeah. up. Just Today alive. wasn't as bad. Yeah. Yesterday was really, really bad with the bugs. Yeah, we were just getting eaten alive. Like, literally, it was horrible. But, yeah, our the consensus that we both came to is that it is it is headlights. Me, I'm like 90%. John's like 100%. 100%. I don't believe it's um, anything and, other than And I think that um, the, the experiment that we came up with, we didn't do it tonight. We don't have a whole lot of time to spend... Uh, together, so I don't, I don't think that John and I wanted to just make the entire trip about the polding lights because it was a lot, a lot to do here in a short amount of time. Yeah. But if we do come up here again, um, we have an idea for an experiment, and what we would do. I'm not going to give it all away because I don't want there to be any bias by you know anything like that. But um, I'll only tell part of it. So. Before we do this, we'll go to where the, what I'm going to call the polding light observation site is, where people are observing the, the polding light, and we're going to make sure that people are there uh, to, you know, both nights we were here, there's people there. There's people probably there right now, probably. Yeah. Um, and then we'll go up the road, like six and a half, seven miles, turn around, come back, and then um, I'm not going to tell you what my idea is to do. But then we'll come back to the observation area, and without asking any leading questions, we're just going to ask people, hey, how's it going? What have you guys seen tonight? And just see what people say. And what we're planning should be definitive enough. Yeah. It'll be pretty pretty blatant if people witness what we think they'll witness. Well, and we could even do it to where one person goes away and does it. We could, yeah. Stays put, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because that would definitively say too. Because then you know what you're looking for too. That's true. You know what I mean? Right. They might not know what they're looking for, so they might just throw the They might. You know. 
but yeah, so we will probably come up here again. Um, we're thinking maybe the fall time so the bugs aren't out as much. Also, it would be nice and cooler and it would be prettier with all the fall colors. Next time we come up, we might bring our, some of our, well, my daughter and John might bring one of his children as well. Yeah. Um, but what do we do today? And then today, uh, we stayed up pretty late last night. After we got back from the Paulding Light, we just kind of chilled out by the fire, the campfire here in Toft, which was, um, that was the private session of the Campfire Conversations podcast. <laughs> no one's going to be here that, but John and God and I. <laughs> um, and maybe the neighbors over there, they might have heard. I don't know. I'm sure they heard maybe, all of that. Maybe. Um, and then we, we both slept quite a while. Like, um, it was chilly last night. Like, it was in the 50s. And then the sun came out, and it got really hot in both of our tents. Yeah. And I was wearing my hoodie to bed because it was kind of chilly. And I didn't want to get big bugs. It was more the bug thing than the chilly thing. I can sleep in really cold weather and be fine. Um, but I didn't want to get bothered Dude, by I bugs. Was, I was like boiling. Yeah, so then the sun comes up, and we're both sleeping in our tents, and it's like roasting. And I'm still wearing my hoodie. It's not a thick hoodie, it's pretty thin, but still, it's a hoodie, you know, covered everything. And uh, and we both can't wake up. I'm not sure if I woke John over if we just woke up at the same time, but it was like around noon. But we didn't go to bed till like four in the morning. So yeah, like tonight. Yeah, like tonight. Uh, and then we got up and what's the first thing? Oh, we went to get food first, right? Yeah, we went to that uh, some little diner. Yeah, some little diner, dude. It was they had some pretty good food. I didn't really ask you how your food was. Was it good? It was good. All right. I had a Mexican. Omelet. It was like a skillet. Like um, I remember what you got. It was, it was like a it was good. skillet with eggs on it. So it was really good. And I just had like a Mexican omelet, which had like sausage and salsa, sour cream. Um, I asked for jalapenos, onions, green peppers. It was pretty good. And, and then after, after that, that, then we went to the falls. Yeah. So we went to it's called Bond or Bonding. I think it's Bonding Falls. Yes. Yeah, it, it's a state park, I believe. Um, it's only a couple miles from the Paulding Light, like maybe I would say like a less mile. than ten minutes. I would say yeah, it's not very far at all. Less than probably look between five and ten minute drive, maybe. And then uh, we spent quite a while there. Um, the falls were really impressive, and there was a lot of them. It was like. It was just, you walk in to like, they like, you know, like the boardwalk deck observation type area. And then, you know, there's the falls. Wow, those are pretty awesome. And then uh, we found out there was like stairs you could go up on the side of the falls. It was after I climbed out on the rocks. Yeah, John climbed out on some of the rocks, like right by where the water was at. And I got some sweet picks. Um, he did too. And then we found out you could climb, there was like rocks, you, no, I'm sorry, not rock stairs. You can go up the side of the fall, falls. So we like go up, and then there's like more falls up there that you can't see from the bottom. We looked out the next young people. Oh yeah, we saw some. We saw these uh, three, three college. Friends? Yeah, college. probably college age. College age. Uh, and they were. I went up to them. I'm like, hey, you guys gonna go get? Uh, they look like they're about to get in the water. And I asked, hey, you guys gonna go go get in the water and go by the falls? And they're like. Uh, they were like kind of like I don't know. like well we didn't see any signs saying you couldn't and I was like 
you want me to take pictures? I And I was just trying to be nice. And it turns out this chick has like a really sweet camera, like blows mine out of the water. Same brand too, it's a Nikon. She's like, I, I was just gonna like take their phones and like snap pictures or whatever. She like hands me this sweet Nikon camera and it's like, yeah, here you go. And then <laughs> her and her other friends go out into like right where the bottom of the falls are. And I just started snapping like, I probably got 20 pictures of them. Hopefully they turned out good too. Yeah, they're really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. After then we, that, oh, after that, we climbed up the falls. Yeah, and then we—that's when we found out. Oh, there's more falls up here. Yeah. And then we kept walking, and there's like more falls and more falls. They weren't as like, big. It was, it was like a quarter of a mile long, wasn't it? Yeah, it had to have been close to that. Um, but yeah, it was like—I mean, obviously the ones at the bottom were the biggest and most majestic falls. They were yeah. huge. They were probably John and I estimated they were probably around 30, 35 feet tall. Yeah, yeah. very tall, very wide. Very wide, like 60, 70 feet wide. <laughs> Maybe least. more than that. Maybe 100. Maybe. 100. Maybe even more than that. They were very wide. But um, all the other falls were like maybe a few feet. Yeah. But we just kept going up and there was more and more falls and more and more falls and rapids and falls. And uh, there was a lot of people there today. So we, I mean, we were just taking tons of pictures. And man, it was so beautiful there today. It was really hot. Um, it was. It wasn't. It didn't. I don't know if it was really humid or not, but I was sweating like crazy. Yeah, up at top we were. Up at the bottom, it was really cool because the water was really cold. And yeah, the waterfall was like blowing a breeze. You could like literally feel the breeze when you got close enough yeah. to the water from the water. That made you know. it so much more tolerable. Yeah, and then yeah, so we got all the way up to where it was pretty much we felt like the end of where all the falls were, and then kind of came back down and. We were, at that point, we were exhausted. Yeah, we were both really tired from walking, and I wouldn't say it was really hiking. They had areas you could, like, hike and stuff, but we just kind of kept it to, like, the trail with stairs and stuff yeah. and railing because I'm old and I don't want to slip and fall <laughs> and hurt myself. Um, and then after that, uh, we were like, well, we still want to go to Porcupine Mountain. And at this point, I'm like... I'm like, I'll do anything because I just want to hang out with you know my one of my best friends in the world, John. But I'm like super tired, like almost falling asleep tired. But I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, we stopped and got some energy drinks at the gas station up in Past Pauline, huh? Bruce Crossing, I think. Is yeah, something like that. Yeah, we stopped there, got some energy drinks to kind of perk us up because we were really tired. And then we started the drive out to uh, Porcupine Mountain, which from Bruce Crossings was about 45 minutes. Yes. And Bruce Crossings is about what, 10 or 15 minutes north of where the falls were. Yeah. So it's about an hour. It's about an hour away. Yeah. So yeah, we get up there, and we're trying to figure out like where to go. We kind of had to drive around for a while. Oh yeah, we saw Lake Superior too. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. And I can't be sure. I had to come back on another day, but I think maybe you could see Canada from this side, or it could have been some clouds. It was really hard to tell, and I did notice there was some mirroring mirroring effect off the water, yeah. which is normal. Even though it wasn't that humid today, I could still see like the miraging mirroring effect on the horizon a little bit. So I can't really be sure. I did try to take pictures with my Nikon, but it was so far away that you could, even with my 83 times zoom, you still couldn't tell what was out there. 
I went on Google Earth, and it's like almost 70 miles away. So it's really hard to tell what if it was Canada and the shoreline, or if it was just some kind of cloud thing going on, um, or, or what. So we, when we pass that, the whole time we're thinking, we're just the only way we're gonna actually catch a good view is to climb the mountain. And me and him were looking at each other like, we did not. We already done hike today. We did not want to climb the mountain at all. Like we were so done with climbing anything. And so we uh, we drove down this back road and it took us like way out of the way. And we realized like we're just traveling. We're we never going. saw any cars pass us. Well, at the beginning we did. Yeah. But like once we got down a little bit, I don't think any, car, any cars passed us, did they? Uh, one motorcycle one or did? two motorcycles. But then when we realized, like, no, we're just driving away from the mountain because now it's, like, going downhill, we turned around, we went back the other way, stopped at the visitor center, and we got a map, and the map showed, like, where you could go and view, not view, like, scenery, scenic, but just where the mountains were. And I noticed that there was a road that went into the mountains, but then dead-ended. And I was like, well, worst case scenario, we'll just go down there and we'll have to turn around. Because neither of us knew there was like a scenic port, you know, where you could go and climb up and view everything without actually having to climb the mountain. Spoiler alert, there is. Yeah, spoiler alert, <laughs> there is. So if you ever get to go to the Porcupine Mountains, just know there is a scenic view area where you do not have to climb the mountains. Uh, we eventually found it. We got out, we climbed up, and what do you think? It was pretty breathtaking, um, especially because, you know, I never think of Michigan as being hilly or mountainy. I mean, I've been all over the country, and I've seen, like, the Rockies and the Smokies. So, I mean, these pale in comparison. Yeah. But it was very, very... Majestic. Hilly and I thought it like was you would see like in like off in the distance in Kentucky or Tennessee. Yeah. It was just not as large of a scale of mountains, but it did look, you know, it reminded me of like that. Um, yeah, so we get to this viewing area and there's like this lake down off the mountain mm -hmm. and we got tons of pictures of that and there's like three other mountains. And then like an open valley field area and like more mountains and I mean it was pretty pretty crazy. They do pale compared to like the Rockies or even the mountains in California, but the the greenery, the placement of the water at the basin of the mountains and the like the vegetation going up the mountain and everything just made it like it, it totally reminded me of, like, something you would see in, like, Lord of the Rings, or I, I, I don't even know where to place it, because, it, like, California is so dry and desert, you know, that when you look at the mountains, all you see is either snow, snow-capped tops, but everything else is, like, there's no vegetation, you know what I mean? Uh, and a lot of other mountain ranges are like that too. This one was like, it was completely covered with forest and trees and green. So it's more like the Smokies. Yeah. That is very green. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like the Smokies. But it was here. Just not as large. Yeah, just not as large. And it was here, like, very close to home yeah. for us. 
So it was, it was kind of peaceful. And then, it, but then you had the, the water at the bottom, which separated. I mean, just, it was a very beautiful, like, transition, you know? It wasn't just, like, big mountains that are covered in trees. It was, like, the perfect plateau going down into this, like, river, like, basin coming out of the lake. I mean, it was absolutely gorgeous. We stayed there for about an hour? Yeah, maybe an hour. We're both pretty tired. Yeah. And done for the day. <laughs> yeah. Good. So then, after that, we start heading back. Yeah. And at this point, John notices, because uh, I, I should, we should have mentioned, uh, up up in the mountain, uh, in the Porcupine Mountain, neither one of us had service. So we could take pictures, but we couldn't send them or anything. Um, so John notices he gets service and pulls over to the side of the road and makes a call real quick. And then we get like, I don't know. A mile. Maybe, well, maybe a couple miles down the road. Yeah. And we were seeing like deer the whole time. And it's not dark yet at this point. It's still a couple hours, three, maybe three hours before dark. Yeah. And... Uh, we were seeing deer come out and crossing the street. Like we probably must have seen four or five deer yeah. at least. And then uh, John's like, "Dude, what's that?" And I look up and I just see this black thing. At this point, I'm not wearing my glasses because I was sweaty and I, I just didn't want him to get smudged with sweat and whatever. So I had taken them off, so my vision was a little blurry. I just see this black thing, and John goes, "Dude, that's a bear!" So I whip out my camera. And I snapped a, pat, a pic of this bear, like, running across the street. It's not the greatest picture, but um, it was, like, maybe, like, an adolescent. It wasn't a cub, and it wasn't a full-blown adult. But, yeah, man, that's the first time I've ever actually for sure seen a bear that, like, wasn't in a zoo or something like that. Like a bear in the wild. And, uh, yeah, he crossed the street. He, he couldn't have been more than... 20, 50 feet max in front of us at, yeah. by the time he got across well, the street. he had stopped. Yeah, completely. he stopped and looked at us for a second. Yeah. And then it, when I was, like, shuffling around trying to find my camera, then all of a sudden, like, he just started full-out running. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't snap a picture, but Matt did. So it was, that was so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, then after that, we just continued back on home. And, uh, not home, but to the campsite. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, John was, I would say, what, rewriting re or revamping a song that he wrote 20 years or so ago, more or less 20 years ago. Now we know that there's bears out here. Every little creaking noise is whooping us out. <laughs> um, where was I at? Oh yeah, John was rewriting uh, a song. We'll probably intro the episode, maybe with it, or maybe outro the song. Yeah, let's. We'll, we'll outro the episode with the song. Because then after he got it down, uh, we recorded it with his same mic and everything, played it acoustically. It was a good trip, man. Yeah, and then oh, oh yeah, the cobbler. Oh, the, the yeah. So before we came up here, I had bought a Dutch oven just for the trip because I've been wanting one anyways. And then I was like, uh, before I came up here, I was like looking up like 
Dutch oven campfire like recipes just to see like what we can make or whatever um, then I came across this video of this guy like who see showed him. how to make a peach cobbler no I can't see him oh yeah yeah he is green so um this fast dude he was right there yeah so this guy had this video on how to make a peach cobbler in a Dutch oven on a campfire and it's super super simple you basically get yellow cake mix uh, diced peaches in a can two cans actually one you drain the syrup out of and the other one you don't you put the peaches in first and then you put the cake mix in and then um, you put two sticks of butter, but you don't just put the sticks in. You gotta like slice up, you know, a bunch of slices and kind of spread the butter out around the cake mix. And then I put some sugar on top of that. Um, put the lid on the Dutch oven, and then I, I didn't set it over the fire, but next to the fire in the pit. Left it on for a half hour. I set my alarm. And then I rotated it 180 degrees so the other side would get baked. Um, I would probably recommend if your fire is real hot like ours was, half hour is too long. Try 20 minutes first and just check it. Because um, once I got a little burnt, um, but um, after I rotated 180 degrees, I only set my alarm for 20 minutes, actually a little less, and checked it and it was fine. So I would say maybe 20 minutes each side. Um, then just pulled it out of out of the fire pit and just set it off to the side let it cool for about 40 minutes to an hour maybe yeah and then we just served it up and ate it and it was delicious oh it was great yeah it was really good but that's been pretty much our whole trip spelled out yeah i had a good time yeah I'm tired yeah i'm tired too but it was well worth it yeah kind of ready to go to bed actually yep. What do you think? I had a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait to do it again in the fall. Or Me too. maybe, yeah. I don't know if I can get away before that, but it would, uh, maybe Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Because if we just do a two day or like we did this time, yeah. that might work. I'd get away for two days or three <coughs> days on Labor Day. I think I got three days off. Fridays, yeah. I might have four. I'll, I'll have Labor Day off for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty much our trip. Now I think we're gonna chill out, go to bed, and yep. wake up. I might, I might stay for the most of the day tomorrow, or maybe the whole day by myself. And John's gonna take off in the morning, sometime in the morning. Yeah. And that's that. That was our little uh, campfire conversationalist trip. The literal. This one. This episode is called literally campfire <laughs> conversationalist podcast because we're actually by a campfire. Podcasting right next to a, a campfire. And we're having a conversation. Yeah. But I guess until next time. Right. Um, he's John. I'm Dread Matt. And we're out.
Would you love to me?